0: What's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell, hanging on a Monday after the Open Championship. Uh having some a little bit of technical Case difficulties. Case of the Mondays. Yeah, right? Case, Case of the Mondays, Mondays for everybody. But I think this might be our best show ever because right. you know what we're gonna get a whole lot of? Just Canel and Bell. No bells and whistles today. Nah. It's just gonna be you and I on camera. Yeah. Maybe we get some highlight videos, raw, maybe we don't. Raw. Maybe raw we deep. get some graphics, maybe we Who cares? don't. Exactly. Yeah. Who cares? Uh we got a big show to get to. We're gonna recap the open championship uh chris paul and james harden said it's all good um between the two of them chris paul also said nba players don't talk about money in the locker room very curious to hear your take on that one all right um and why aren't more players unanimously voted into hall of fame it is kind of stupid when you think about it but first before we get to the open championship lsu football sent out a tweet of their new locker room facilities they're pretty insane uh I don't know if it's a good thing though. Like when I So basically the extent of it, if you haven't seen it yet, go to LSU Football's Twitter no. Twitter handle. They basically designed their locker room so that every single locker has a bed yeah. inside of it.
1: It's and like its own uh, first-class cubicle.
0: Exactly. That's like, the best way right. to describe it. I just got back from Europe. We moved yep. back business class. You yeah. have the thing where you push a button and it reclines. Oh, you're mofos they're not, it like that? Well, we had
1: points. A whole family? We definitely went. Oh, okay. Like, no, no.
0: I thought I told you that. Ah, that's because that's Wifey and me. No, no, no. Wifey and me were in the front, and the kids <laughs> were in the back. That is the only way to go because they're – and side note. Yeah. When we were flying back, there were, like, three kids, four kids in first-class cabin. Sure. Like, who would waste money on that? Like, they're small. Right, they right. can fit in the back of the bus. <laughs> Only adults are allowed up in the first-class cabin, uh, which we use. But that is the best way to describe yeah. it. If you've ever been on a first-class flight overseas, they're exactly like that. They're pods. They have a outlet for your iPad where you can, you know, play video. Sure. You can do whatever you want. You can bet. But my thing is... I want to spend as little time as possible in the, locker room. in the locker room around the facility where if I had a free moment where I was going to sleep, I wanted to do it back at the dorm or back at my apartment. I wanted that's to get out of they, there. That's
1: why they do it. Right. right? Like, you know, maybe like NBA locker rooms. Um, Mark Cuban started this, uh, putting a PlayStation in everybody's. Uh, we Everyone had a PlayStation, the original PlayStation, in their locker. And then there were pool tables and they were huge Video. They want you to spend as much time in the facility um, as possible to counter your natural instinct, <laughs> yes. which would be to dip as soon as you were done with your ice, right? Right. When you're hanging around, the more you're around, the more you might pick up a weight, watch some extra film, maybe get a couple extra jumpers or throw – what what have right. you, you know? Did you
0: – when you were in NBA training camp, was it the type of grind where – like were you there from 7 in the morning till 10 at night? Bro. Was it that long? Like.
1: <laughs> when our, our well, it changed because the CBA changed. Right, you couldn't do as much in training camp. About eight years into my career, you couldn't go live two times a day, and one of them had to be, um, like ninety minutes. So the grind wasn't the same. But in my younger years, it was two and a half hours in the morning of beat you up, whatever it was. And you're talking. Whatever type of ice you needed, a quick shower, going back to the hotel, the fastest meal you could get, yeah. and in the sheets. Right. Right. And then after the nap, you do it again at night.
0: Right. Because right. there was about a two-hour window in NFL training camp. It was after the morning practice. You'd grab a quick lunch. And then, you know, the dorm was usually somewhere within a mile or two. So, mm-hmm. But I would always bounce. As, I would sometimes get the food to go. Sure. Like I'll eat in the car, so I'd just go to the bed as soon as I could. <laughs> right. They did put in, like, blow-up mattresses around the locker room and the player's lounge so that you could sleep there. Yeah, I was like, I just want to be away from everybody. I don't I want to be alone. Yeah. I want to just relax, not have to talk about anything football. So I don't know. Could be one of those things where hopefully players aren't gonna get duped for that one. But you know what it's all about. It's all about
1: recruiting. I, it's I, to be able to say, Hey, we got the best lockers, you can go to sleep in our To that point, and maybe you'll probably know better than me. Where does that rank? Like who else has facilities? Like are there facilities better than that?
0: Oh yeah. That, that, for sure. Maybe not that specifically, yeah. but like Clemson, Bama, Clemson has the Hall, Oregon, yeah, Oregon probably was one of the earlier
1: ones to the game. Are they in the top 10% of I mean that's For sure, yeah. Oh yeah, they're in the top 10%. Remarkable. I've been in a locker room in a long time. Right. That's
0: unreal. Oh, and all of them, uh, all of the college locker rooms that you'll see there are nicer than the NFL locker rooms. Right. Cuz NFL as opposed to the money going to the players, They have to put it into the facility. So they're putting it all in there. NFL is like, hey, we don't have to have facilities. We have to pay the players all this money. Let's just give them what they need. And that's what they get. Um, let's move on. The open championship took place over the weekend. I hate to say it. Who cares?
1: No, no, not, not, No, I'm going to say. say, I'm going to say. I wasn't going to say who cares, but I was going to say it was a dud. It was who cares. (laughs) It's a better, that's a nicer way of saying who cares.
0: (laughs) It is because. Shane Lowry was in control. He had the five-shot lead throughout most of the day yesterday. He came into the, uh, the day with a significant lead, never was threatened. There was never yeah. a moment where you had you felt nervous. I was at my daughter's swim meet from an early, like at, I had to get her there at 7.30, but they teed off at 8.30. So I had my iPad ready to go, Yeah. and I kept scrolling through the scores, and it just never budged. So I was like, I don't need to watch
1: it. So given the opportunity to watch seven-year-old swim meet <laughs> or the open – you chose to watch seven-year-old swim meet, even though your daughter was in every event. Yes, no, that's, no, no. That, that was actually, whack. What I did is I went jogging right. while
0: she wasn't swimming. I went to dick Sporting Goods while she was. Like, I <laughs> kept running little different errands. Yeah. And I almost missed one of her last, meet, or her last races because she actually went earlier. Thank goodness I got there. Like she was in the water, right? And I got to see the finish. Oh, bro, you, but I would have been in big trouble if I would have yeah, missed it because I was there. the parent involved there. And if I would have been late to yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. you'd have never lived that. Yeah, deal. you know who else is a swim parent? Before we get back to the Open <laughs> Championship, as we go all over the place, Uh Gino Toretta. Is he really? Yeah, I ran into him out there. We talked for a little bit. So his daughter's a swimmer. My daughter's a swimmer. He's his daughter's older. Yeah. So like the first thing I was, I was like, man, like this is. uh this is new to me, and he's like, "Oh, well, you haven't. You're just getting started because uh, uh, it is a long day." One of my
1: favorite quarterbacks of all time.
0: Oh, he's a good dude yeah. too. Who, uh, lives down in Miami. His kids go. His daughter goes to Gulliver. Uh, oh, that's your, really? your old stomping grounds. Yeah, so the leaderboard: Shane Lowry comes in first. Tommy Fleetwood, who I had taken to win the tournament, as well as Tony Finau, or one of my bets. They finished second and third, um, but it just it was. So here's the, I'm going to give you the good story. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you something that'll maybe turn your mind around about the emotions of this. Give you a reason to say, Hey, this was a good open championship. So, uh, Shane Lowry gave an incredible story about last year. Uh, and he said in his post, uh, post championship presser. When he was talking with the media, his quote was, I sat in the car park in Carnoustie almost a year ago. And I cried golf. Wasn't my friend at the time. It was something that had become very stressful and weighing on me. And look, 12 months on, what a difference a year makes. It's pretty cool. Like he, and golf is a sport, which is probably unique to many of them because you're on a solo island. It's not like tennis where it's one to one. You have to beat a whole field. Yeah. Sometimes you're struggling to make ends meet. You're just wondering if you should quit or not. For him to be that place a year ago, and he's from Ireland, like he had the ball with the the Irish, um, the clover leaf and he had the, you know, the shoes with the flag on it. I thought some of those things were, emotional see him walking down the 18th green it was really cool to see that happen i didn't see any
1: of that (laughs) um i mean i think it's a great story though and all jokes aside um yeah i mean we've all been in a place i mean most of us as athletes if you're not a superstar and some superstars also where yeah you know it's just not all that you thought it was going to be cracked up to be for one reason or another right like i used to leave gyms my first time around the block in philadelphia like after i had you know, help them to some degree get into a finals appearance. And I thought I was a little better than I was. And I got checked that next year with Larry Brown, I wasn't playing. I used to leave that arena driving home, like just wanting to give up basketball. So I respect the fact that he was at a, at a low last year and, and bounced back. The storyline's fantastic, right? At home and all of that. It just still lacked for any real sizzle. You know, there was, well, what the it- buzz wasn't there and it was, it was all set up. So I watched for day one. Yep you know when they they are doing the they play through commercials now which I think yeah. kind of cool so but now they're doing the the um they're doing the old you know castle on the hillside and through the ruins there's new growth and they're tying it all back into like playing at what is it royal port what was it port royal rush well port rush yeah right so i thought that everything was there for the storylines to be electrifying and it just well fell
0: apart. one big reason that it wasn't electrifying or there wasn't just what wasn't much interest is because tiger woods didn't yeah. make the cut so he had the Really, the rough first day, and then he shot a 70 on the second one, which is respectable. It was right. under par, uh, but wasn't enough to make the cut, so he gets bounced for the weekend. Uh, and it's probably a little bit of Tiger Woods' overreaction when people are like, oh, my goodness, what does this mean for him? Um But his schedule is unique in such that he's played just 10 times this season, not very much. Uh, he missed the cut here at the Open. He missed it at the PGA. Um, he's now going to skip this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Classic. So he's not expected to play again until August 8th. And then after that, his next tournament is August 24th or 27th uh, outside of Japan when he's supposed to play. Here's the thing with Tiger. I have, because I think even he is going to do some self-evaluation because he's just that type of guy. He's worried about legacy. I think he needs to do exactly what Brooks Koepka is doing. I think Brooks Kepka has given Tiger Woods a, a blueprint. blueprint for how he should handle his career from this moment forward. Right. I don't give a crap about anything except the majors. I will play in some of the events that I have to to maintain my PGA Tour status to make sure I can make the FedEx Cup and play in the playoffs. Sure. But I'm going to use those regular season events as my practice, and I'm going to go all in on the majors. Those are when I'm going to put forth my effort because he's already he's one win one win away. 81 wins from Sam Snead for the all-time, you know, PGA Tour victories, which right. I'm sure he would love to get. Yep. But he's also he has to get three more to catch Jack. So why don't you put all your eggs into the majors basket because then you're killing two birds with one stone. And it it's just for me at this point in his career with the way his body is, we don't know. I think you're seeing the way he was tweaking it. And he had some, you know, interesting reactions, facial expressions. Yeah. Why not just go all in on the majors?
1: I, so I would go with like a hybrid of that philosophy, kind of. I, I would. I think you're right, um, and I think every athlete has to kind of change the way they approach their training. You know, as they get older and their body can't handle it, and your priorities have shifted, right? So you you have to reinvent that training schedule. I like what Brooks is doing. I wouldn't mind Tiger adding a couple events that he really feels comfortable at and he's got great history at. Like, you know, Arnold Palmer's at Bay Hill. Yes. Like, if you want to add that to the... the Sawgrass. If you want to add those two to the things that you actually tune up for because you've got history there and you know that you can win that at any given time, I'm fine with you. But on an all-the-way grind where you're grinding for every little uh, meaningless event, I'm with you, dude. I think it's too much for him right
0: Everybody's now. different. Like Brooks Kepka obviously has had a lot of success um, playing the way he does, which yeah. is his philosophy, and he was very open about it, saying, hey, when I practice is when you see me on TV. That's the only practice I'm putting forward. Tiger, historically, before this comeback, was a grinder, was somebody who put a lot of time out there. I think he could have the best of both worlds, though, because now he can be this parent, father figure that he wants to be. He said he, you know, he took yeah. time off to go to town. He has a different set of priorities now. I think the fine line is figuring out the difference between, all right, maybe I'm not going to be Brooks Kepka, Who cares about these regular season events? But maybe I I don't want to expend as much energy on these events.
1: So, but you know what's sad is what we're describing is kind of like that's
0: yeah, and it's like the, the, the latter yeah, portion. That's where
1: that's where it starts to happen. It happened. I was a grinder. Um, I would shoot balls like when no one was in a gym. I just needed off days. I needed to shoot. I felt like if I missed a day of shooting, then when I came back the next day, like I didn't have the feel. Now I've done this for, I don't know, 25 years, but in my mind, if I miss one day doing it, right. I'm off. So I got to shoot them every day. When I got older, um, and my body didn't respond the same way and then I had Dia and Ty and Zen and I didn't, I couldn't ha- have the time to be in the gym. It started to become like, man, if I can't do it that much, and I'm going to feel like I'm sacrificing, then i got to have the conversation with myself. Do I really want to do that? Do I want to be 25% less of a player because I don't want to be there as much? You know what I mean? And that was the realization of the end. Now, my end came because of other circumstances, right? But I was already having that conversation. Like, is this worth it anymore? Like, Do I want to be doing this to the same extent? And if I can't do it to the same extent, like – what was yeah, really interesting What
0: you just said and I think this is where Tiger's dynamic Gets really interesting Is you said When you didn't practice Like that You didn't feel the same Yeah And I wonder if Tiger I mean you heard There was a lack of confidence In his press yeah, absolutely Coming into this one So he might still have it in him But mentally He might be like Man I know I haven't been Doing the work So I'm probably not gonna win And I don't know If he can fool himself Into there right. And his body Can't take well, the, pound, the grind That he used to be able to do Because his body's been Torn apart
1: So Thursday was cold Yeah. And rainy, right? And look, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not, I'm not tiger. But the next, the day when he shot the 70, conditions were a lot better. Like that was the best looking morning. I mean, Saturday looked pretty nice too, but those were two different days. And I think you noticed that anyone who's old or knows that when you got aches and pains, it's much worse on a cold morning than it is on a warm morning. You know what I mean? And so, you know, those are all things you got to navigate. When you're older, and I think it all speaks to what you said about, like, look, dude, don't try to tune up for every single event. Don't grind on it like that. But the question is, like, how does he feel about that? Does that put him in a place where he's not confident? Um, because to your point, if that's who you are, and most of us as athletes are, are uh, you know creatures of habit, and so if not being that same dude that you've been for 20 years puts you in a bad headspace where you're not confident, like, what are we talking about?
0: So I was saying how he should follow Brooks Kepka's model. Brooks Kepka himself had a pretty good, uh, open championship. He finished tied for fourth. This season, he's finished every single major in the top five. He didn't hold back on his final round with JB Holmes. <laughs> so JB Holmes <laughs> is out there playing. I didn't know that JB Holmes was a, such a slow player. I uh, I always pictured him. He's like, he's a bomber. He's got, and I just, for some reason, whatever reason, I feel like a guy like that would be somebody who plays fast, but obviously he wasn't. Right. Uh so not only is this a slow player, but he also played awful. That combination together yeah. makes it really challenging if you're playing in his group. Uh Kepka throughout the round, you could see him on TV, uh, pointing at his watch, like yeah. an official, like saying, This is ridiculous. I think it definitely have impacted his play. After the round, he did not hold back on our boy JB Holmes. So Brooks Kepka said, quote, JB had a rough day. JB is a slow player. Mm -hmm. I know it's difficult with the wind, but I didn't think he was that bad today. I thought he was all right. There were times when I thought it was slow. There's a lot of slow guys out there. He continued. What I don't understand is when it's your turn to hit, your glove is not on, then you start thinking about it. That's where the problem lies. It's not that he takes that long. He doesn't do anything until it's his turn. That's the frustrating part, but he's not the only one out there that does it. I love it. Do you think there was any point – because I would have a real hard time with this. I'm a fast player. Yeah, I hate playing with slow players. I would have wondered if he said anything during the round. Like, hey, man, we got to hurry it up.
1: Like, can you – Like, I don't know. I've never –
0: He's he's very – with the media, he's been out front and he's been outspoken. I just wonder if you could kind of blame it on the rules officials. Say, hey, if we don't hurry up, we're going to get put on the clock, and that sucks for everybody. Can we – make this thing go faster. But you know Brooks Kep is one of the fastest players out there, so you know he's talking to you. Right. Um I want to see these dudes throw down sometime. I don't yeah, you just want <laughs> you just
1: want the drama. Yeah. I there is nothing worse than playing what they do. And I don't understand that about golf either. Why are you sitting there watching me hit my shot? Not right. prepping and going through whatever it is you need to be doing for your damn shot. Like right. I've never understood it. Um I, look, the bottom line was the, the biggest story is Brooks Koepka with the top five finish, despite the slow play of J.B. Holmes. Right, right? like at, that's pretty cool. This guy is just in every single major, regardless of the circumstances. um I don't. Can't think believe our
0: boy anything. Coca had a thing in here on our rundown.
1: Said, is it disappointing he only got one major this year? What? Well, <laughs> you know what's interesting though. In his mind, he probably is disappointed. You think he is? Yeah, I do. I mean, because when you're that close. To possibly winning them, you feel like you've let something slip away. Like you're coming in at twentieth, like, right? Like I got no one chance. major, I'm straight. But you're in the top five, and in, in in you in still every won. Major? You
0: wanted a 25% clip, so you won 25% of the majors you entered. Here's the thing: I think that he would regret. Yeah. And where you say I don't know if it's a disappointment, but this is the thing again. It's unique to golf where I would probably have trouble sleeping at night when you go back and think about the Masters. He had a putt on 18 that could have forced a playoff potentially yeah. with Tiger Woods. That was about eight feet. I guarantee he's like, man, if I would have made, like, so I guarantee he's disappointed about that one. Right. This tournament, the open uh, specifically, he even said, I think it was after Thursday's or Friday's round, he said, I'm hitting the ball better than everybody out here. I just can't make a putt. Right. So I guarantee there's some point there where he's like, man, if I would have just putted better, I, th- I could have won three. You know, Coca, and you start I got looking your at back. all of them, are your like, back. man, maybe I could have yeah. had a grand slam. Danny, the more, standing, the I, more I, you talk about it, the more you understand what I'm saying. Like, you correct. just spent last week talking about how nobody's wired like Brooks Kepka, and it's just like he came up short when he could have four four majors in the same year, and he he walks away with one.
1: I think it's point. I think he's yeah, right. I don't know if disappointment cuz
0: like, yeah whatever. yeah there's something in there in him that'll be bothered by. Yeah, i don't know if disappointment's the right word. I think but yeah, it'll motivate him. And he's obviously laid down this this new then it really was this year where this new mentality took off. Right. Where I'm going to talk smack, I'm going to back it up. And I think he's in a lot of guys head. Okay, great like for that. him moving forward. Uh you know it wasn't a great tournament for. And this was kind of a bummer. We talked about Tiger not making the cut. But Roy McElroy playing in his backyard, not far from where he grew up where he had the course record when he was 16, when he burst onto the scene, Uh, comes out with the disastrous first round, which opened with an 8 on the first hole, misses the cut, but there were some potential heroics. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw on Saturday that he did a special on it because he came roaring back. He shot a 65 on Friday, almost made the cut, and it became like a thing on his last three or four holes Everybody started buzzing like, Hey, maybe Roy's gonna make the cut, which you never see at a tournament. Like right. you know, it's just not that big of a deal. But because of who he was, it really became like a thing. And afterwards he was very emotional talking about what the crowd meant to him for cheering for him. Uh, and it was just pretty cool. But it did feel like that first day that maybe the the pressure and that environment of playing in your backyard and the expectation did take its toll on him.
1: We talked about it on Friday. Playing at home. Is a different animal. It, it's just, you know, when you're in this, when you're in a 82 game NBA season and you play at home, um, you don't really have time for it to really, really, really affect you, but it still affects you, right? They're just things pulling at you in different directions, getting you out of your normal routine. When you're prepping for a major championship like that, it's got to have some kind of effect, man. Like you not being able to be in whatever that normal rhythm and pattern is for you, the pressure of wanting to perform well, like having the weight of, of maybe a country on your shoulders and trying to like, that's a lot. And and, you know, it, it it actually worked out for Rory and the fans that they had something to cheer for him. If he ekes in right. And he's non relevant on, on Saturday and Sunday, like there's nothing really cheer for, for Rory, but having him chase the cut line on, on Friday actually gave him, you know, a bit of a storyline and gave the fans there something to to cheer for in, and, the, in regards to Rory.
0: And they still had an Irishman win in Shane Lowry. So, yeah, went, win, world. win. But it would have been cool if they would have had uh, Rory in there. So yeah. I'm sure he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He'll be back in the mix uh, next year as well. All right, welcome back to Cannell and Bell. Danny Cannell hanging out with Raja Bell on this Monday morning. Uh, we had the Open Championship. We just discussed that. There was some un- unfortunate news uh, that broke over the last few days. Uh, and it's one of the topics I can't stand talking about. Um, well, it's
1: only it's, – all right. Because so, you and I are going to – it's only unfortunate um, if Tyreek Hill actually is an offender to the degree that everyone accuses him of being. And, right. And he didn't get punished for it. But right. they didn't find any evidence to support it. So, like, it's a tough one for me. I am, I'm like. So
0: here's the thing. I totally agree with what you're saying. Cause you're kind of saying, and I agree that in a lot of times in our society, we, we just want to throw people away. Like, and they're guilty without any trial. They're guilty without any evidence. Um, as opposed to you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. We, we kind of flip that script. Um, here's the thing that I can't stand about it. I think the easy thing is to get up on your soapbox and say Tyreek Hill's got to go away. He's got to be suspended. He should never play football again because right. there's a child with a, a broken arm. And I totally agree with all those things. If it was his fault, um, the pattern here, and this is where the NFL, like I think they should get out of the disciplinary business altogether. Like, why are they trying to decide who determines what? And I get they can do it because they're a private entity and it's their employees and all this. But the 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 moving scale that's there, that's just or the moving bar, you can never find out where the there's no consistency right. there. Um, Ezekiel it was suspended six games. For an issue he had with his girlfriend, there was never any ch- charges brought against him. He no. gets six games. Um, Jimmy Smith for the Ravens was suspended four games, um, because they by their conduct policy, because they had consulted, the NFL consulted with relationship and domestic violence experts for their perspectives, and they convened a group of Ravens women and men executives, not directly involved with the football operations, and Jimmy, So they found all this stuff, they put him away for four games because it was basically verbal assault on a former girlfriend that he had. There's a lot more information that we know publicly. There is a child with a broken arm. There is a history of domestic violence because he kicked this same mother uh, in the stomach when she was pregnant with this child. There is audio evidence of him threatening her um, in a very threatening, violent manner. So why does he get off? It just to me, it doesn't make sense. And the NFL sets them up for this because they've tried to do it in the past. So when they go lenient on somebody, you're like, "What are you doing? How can this happen?"
1: Correct. I I think, and I want to be clear, I don't support. I don't. No, no anything, one does. That's way, the sure. thing that we should never. Uh, no one should ever have to make that disclaimer. It, no
0: one is making the, the case. System the system is broken.
1: Yes. You know what I mean? Like Agreed. this. The system is a broken system, and so like the Ezekiel Elliott thing. More, more, more of. I would have had no problem if you suspended him. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, it was kind of like the OJ thing for me. Like, hey, you put him in jail, fine. Like, but as a, as a black man in America, and this is what it boiled down to. Like, we had, we never beat the system. Right. Right. And so when he beat it, you were like, okay, he beat it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, a, it's a system that sometimes can be broken. And so the NFL's, the, the way they approach these and the way they want to be judge, jury, and executioner on them, I, I don't agree with. Like, I am, I've always, if you have proof, And there is video proof, and and you can go through your independent investigation, or the legal system can say, "Listen, this is what happened. We have we have dug into this case. We have done all the due diligence on the case. Rajai is guilty of that." Mm -hmm. Then, as a league, if you want to suspend me or take away my right to play football or basketball, whatever it is, I support that one hundred percent. I am. I do not. I think it's a very slippery slope when we start, you know, judging people and 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 deeming them guilty uh, rather than innocent before there's any real substantial proof. I just – I don't subscribe to that. I don't – our society wasn't, like, founded on that. Um And the way that the script has been flipped, to use your term, like, it's dangerous. And so, like, dude, I think the miss is Ezekiel Elliott. Like, you had no damn proof. You're spending him six games. Right. Like, you know, that's ridiculous. So the Tyreek Hill – Thing, yes, he has a history of it, and he should have been punished, and that should have been taken care of before it ever got to this damn point. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. If you wanted to say he couldn't play in your league because of it or whatever, then that's on you. I'll support that. Like, if, if – the, the times where he was caught red-handed doing it, you got him. Right. But if you He can't, pled guilty to kicking an, uh, his then, girlfriend in the stomach. Then maybe guess what? Don't sign him to play the football team. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yes, absolutely. But if you, if, if this happens and nobody can say unequivocally that, 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 that in this instance he was at fault for, for the very unfortunate situation with, with, with the child, um, I don't, I don't support going out there and suspending him with no proof. So
0: the NFL did leave a door open where they've said if there's new evidence that's submitted to the courts, we can review that and respond accordingly. They've kind of covered their own butt in case something does come out that he does get charged where they can say, okay, he's not completely clear. We're going to look at this. And they better hope not. Like, cause if the NFL, if, if something comes out in the court system and it looks even worse, then, and all you, this, look like then you look like a bunch of idiots who were incompetent in right. doing this. But that's what happens when you b- decide to open up this personal conduct policy, which allows you to do whatever you want. Right. And there's no clear cut standard. It's um, it's just this up and down, no consistency. You can't tell what they're trying to think. Um, it's, it's just a really unfortunate situation any way you look, look at it.
1: I, I, I don't even know why I feel like doing this today, but I do feel like doing this. I, there are a lot of instances um, on both sides of the ledger for this one. There are plenty of people that abuse people, abuse situations. They they deserve punishment. Um, there's no room, f- whether it's from male to female or female to male, or or you know mother to son or daughter or father to son or daughter. Like there's no excuse for that, right? There are a lot of instances where someone says you did something, and it's he said, she said, and you might not have done it. It happened to me. Like I I was at Boston University. Someone said I did something to him. I did not do that to you. Like it went back and forth, and it was her word against mine. You know what I mean? And and so I've lived that. And so I'm always on the side of like, look, sort it out. Get the information. Get the facts. If the facts support it, then then I'll support it. If the facts don't support that, and the evidence doesn't support that, I, I I'm not punishing people.
0: The problem with Tyree Hill is you don't get the benefit of the doubt because of the history, right. right?
1: But it still doesn't shouldn't change the fact that the way the justice
0: system, the justice system, I think, is a thing. When we get outraged at the NFL, I think we should get outraged at the justice. Correct. system. Correct, because it's failed, and we only the only things we hear about are because these people are famous. But there are people that are abused in abusive relationships all the time, and guys that are in women that walk right because there's loopholes, or they have money and they can buy themselves a good lawyer that can get them off. And that's a major problem that we have. Right. Uh The Chiefs have an interesting dynamic now because of Tyreek Hill's contract. I actually think this is one that works in the favor of the Chiefs because if I'm then, I'm saying there's no way we're giving you an extension. You have to prove to us that you can handle yourself in a manner that's satisfactory to our standard. So yeah. we're not going to pay you now. Don't even think about coming to us for an extension. He will, though. Oh yeah, you know, his base salary is 1.96 million this year, which is not even close to anywhere. You you look at the top receivers in the league are making uh, 16,
1: 15, 14 million. Look, I mean, mean, your your feet are put to the fire if you're Kansas City, right? Like here, we talk about all the time, talent. Yep. You know what? It's, 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 it's a unique talent. And what stand are you willing to take, especially as a franchise that already lost Kareem Hunt? Um, and then you saw the Browns turn right around and scoop him up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so like NFL teams for whatever, they're not in the habit of just letting talent walk and then somebody else scooping them up, right? It's a no win for the club. Um, so I'm not lobbying for him to give him a contract in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see what Kansas City decides to do, especially on the heels of having lost their best running back to the Browns because, because of the black eye, you know, that, that he, he, he gave Kansas City. Now he's turning around and he'll be running the ball for somebody else next year.
0: A lot of uh, commentary online that's saying that, Hey, now that he's cleared, they're going to go ahead and lock him up and give him that extension. I, dude, I think I you run be a huge risk. I actually, this is one where I hope it comes back to burn everybody. Yeah. And like, if they give it to him, and then all of a sudden evidence comes out, they're going to be paying him, and he's not going to have any. I, I,
1: oh, everyone I just, will be. But I mean, if that happens, everyone will be burned, right? Yeah. As you would. Yeah. yeah everyone's going to get screwed.
0: Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I actually just started following Patrick Mahomes on Instagram. It's yeah. a pretty fun follow. Is he a good follow. Uh, yeah. Did you see the controversy around Tom Brady? No. I can't 48? believe this is even a contra a controversy. The Today Show today did a whole segment on Tom Brady jumping off a cliff. You, this is perfect because we oh, have okay. we, we have the perfect <laughs> the perfect spokesman for yeah. cliff diving, cliff diving yes, as yes. you because you were in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You sent us all video of yourself cliff diving. What was the? Did all of your children do it or just some of them?
1: Um, the sep- we all jumped off various cliffs. The highest cliff was just me, the twelve and the ten year old.
0: Okay. Yeah. So he has his daughter who is six or seven years old. Uh I have to look at the clip. He's on top of a cliff getting ready to dive over a waterfall into the water. So he's there with his daughter, and they're holding hands. And it's like one of those ones where I think she was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do it. He's Uh, like, come on, I'll go with you. She's like, okay. They get to the cliff, and they're getting ready to jump off. And she's kind of into it, but then at the last minute, she's like, I don't want to go, but he pulls her. Yep. So they go off the cliff and because he kind of pulls her with him, it's a high cliff. Yeah. They fall and she kind of falls awkwardly on him, but it's in the water like right right, 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 right. Like they get up and they get out of it. Yep. But like it looks a little bit awkward and there's all, there's a, apparently I didn't know this was a thing, but today's show is making it a thing that there's a controversy now. Did Tom Brady go too far as a parent
1: by forcing his daughter off a cliff? I, dude, I'm not even going to respond. <laughs> like I, like I don't even know, like these are, these topics today, how did we get how do we I get made through? that one off the script. Hey, like, I don't, that one just what? came up from the, Dude, thin air from me. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> no, it's, ridiculous. it's, it's question What are we talking Tom Brady about? is on. a dad
0: because he took, uh, had his daughter go off a cliff. It's stupid. But it is July, and I guess everybody, including the Today Show. How high was the cliff? I need to see. I'm going to show you a video it. of it here during the break, and we can get your reaction. i jump from higher
1: than me. That's all I care about. <laughs> right? this
0: cliff jump higher than know. mine? We're going to tell you. We'll, we'll get to you updated on that next Hi, what's going back? Uh welcome back to Canell and Bell. Sometimes Monday I have a little trouble, <laughs> a little trouble <laughs> enunciating, talking. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah Maybe yeah. it's every day of the week, and it's only just worse on Monday. Um, but we were talking a little bit about. We went all over the rails. We I showed you everywhere. the Tom Brady video. Exactly. It wasn't that bad. It was, was stupid. It? Look, it be he concert. just jumped before she jumped, and you're yes. holding
1: your daughter's hand
0: like. Right. We can do. Leave her on right. top, but to tumble clip. down, you're gonna let her yeah. tumble down the rocks? No, you've got to pull her out far enough right. to get her there. Um, the NBA has had an incredible offseason. We've seen a ton of movement. It looks wide open as it's been maybe in a decade. Um, uh, but some of the drama is supposedly behind us. James Harden says he and CP three are quote good. Yeah. Obviously his teammates, his competitors uh. we argued on the court, the negative stuff, the media stuff, it wasn't true. Me and Chris had constant communication. You know
1: where Chris doesn't want to be? <laughs> yeah, you know where he's not good being Oklahoma's yes, he definitely doesn't want to be there oh you're still Flip. in Houston I'm in Oklahoma State. right right we're only but so good my man we're good yeah and we're not good
0: yeah I, I think this is the public the, the you want to put this image before you don't want to look petty right I don't think these guys got along that great it's probably better that they were uh on and moved on to a new atmosphere so Chris Paul is in a very unique situation now uh, he is scheduled to make, over the next three seasons, $124 million. Mm-hmm. The Oklahoma Sun- Oklahoma City Thunder players combined, mm-hmm. over the next three seasons, are going to make $89 million. So he is significantly overpaid in that locker room. Now, he said it won't be an issue. Um, he said they don't talk money in the locker room. He told uh, Clevis Murray The Athletic, players don't routinely talk finances in that setting. Quote, I think the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because I'm finishing up my 14th year in the NBA. And I've been around long enough to realize that guys in our league, we talk about everything in the locker room except for finance, except for money. Nobody talks about money because it's one of those uncomfortable things.
1: I call BS. He's right. You think he's right? Yeah, we don't. We don't sit around chopping up what other people make in the end.
0: No, not chopping it up. But you're gonna give him a hard time about it. Like there's gonna be some ribbing and like I,
1: I times. Think, what did it, what was the quote again? It was um uh, nobody talks about money. No, before that, I thought he put it best when he had his first. It, it said it's not routinely talked about. Right. There may be the odd like circumstance where somebody'll like be yeah. a little bit of uh, <laughs> stuff for like like if you're all out to dinner, yeah. you might be like, Hey, Correct. are you picking up the tab Correct. or what? Right. But, but even though they probably won't make him do that, they'll give him a hard time about it. Yes, they would there would be situations like that. And there would be situations where potentially like you're watching like the highlights and somebody's in a in a you know, nineteen game slump somewhere else and you guys might say, Man, you believe that fool's making twenty million dollars? Like you might say that in your locker room about somebody oh, sure. in another locker room. But you're not generally sitting around, like I, one of my favorite stories. Though, and I, this is contradictory to what I'm saying. Andre, Ker- <laughs> see,
0: I'm telling you, people talk about money.
1: We weren't talking about the money. <laughs> Andre Karolinko, uh, uh, I love A.K. and Masha for that re- for that matter. But um, sat right next to me in, in, in Utah, and he happened to have like a like a check, one of his checks sitting around. And I don't know, I don't remember it, but it was it was a big check. I was making <laughs> like you know just a, above minimum that year, and Andre was already into a nice deal. And he had the check and I remember looking at the check like, bro, you you just leave that in your locker, man. Like that's just sitting there. It's like 500 racks or something like that. I was like, oh my God. But we really, we really didn't talk and break down, you know, each other's finances, but you know. There was something about
0: seeing the numbers on paper that made it hurt a little bit more. Because like when you're just teammates and you realize, oh, that guy makes a lot more than me, it just kind of rolls off your back. But on the New York Giants, they used to hand us our paychecks after a game. It's really a weird situation. That is weird. Really weird. So literally after a game, win or lose – uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was like the guy. Yeah, he was a check guy. He would, yeah, he would have this whole thing envelopes here, Danny Canal, boom, here, Dave Brown, boom, there, go down, hand them all to you. So you'd go back and nobody would really open them or anything. You know, occasionally like when you got back there, I was a rookie, so I was like, you know, slimmered <laughs> over, alright, I'm good. <laughs> this week I'm going to be able to make rent or whatever right, it was. Right. And I remember I saw Dave Brown's check and I was like, hey, can I see it? Yeah. And he showed, he was like, he had this look. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and sure he, was, I was like, oh, exactly. From right. that moment on, I looked at him a little differently. I'm like, man, you that much more than me? That's yeah. insane. But I do think, like I think, what Chris Paul is saying, I don't think it'll be an issue. It won't be an issue. Like that's that's I think the bottom line is it's not going to be an issue. There's not going to be dissension because he makes this much money. But guys are absolutely there's definitely a hierarchy in a locker room where guys are going to make fun of even more so the guys that make the most money. Uh, yeah, like they're going to have the nicest car, and you might even reference stuff like that in conversation. Like, yeah, I can't go. Somewhere, but he can go. You know, like it's just, and it's all in fun, but it's kind of the way players handle politics, the way players handle. A lot of different issues that in a real world environment might cause dissension. Yeah, they're able to just make fun of it and laugh about it and just kind of move on and still
1: thrive. You know the lane you're in. Everyone knows what yeah. the lane they're in, right? Yeah, and that could be like in terms of stratosphere as a player. It could also be in terms of like you know years of service in your career. Like you just haven't gotten to the opportunity where you can cash into one of those big paydays. I I, I think that's a, I actually think, and I'm coming around to this that it's a good fit for Chris Paul this year. Just one year. I think it's a good fit for him. Um, he's still, you know, viable as a player. I don't, I don't think he's who he used to be. Um, but he still wants to wear the alpha cape. And so there's a void there now with, with, um, you know, Russell Westbrook out the door. Uh, uh, Oklahoma City is in a complete tank mode, right? So they can play and be competitive. He'll help some of those younger guys bring them together as a glue because he wants to be out there telling everybody what to do. I think it's a good fit for one year, and so I don't even...
0: Or maybe a half year. Or half trade a half year. Like, maybe they're able to move them.
1: At, well, ideally you would, but even if you couldn't and you had to take them in the next offseason where you might be able to package them you know, in a free agent deal, I, I think they'll be fine, and I don't think the money will be an issue.
0: Um, Early this season, I forget what your answer was. I want to say you were right. So by bringing up this example, hopefully I'm not throwing you under the bus. Right. But there was a time when the Spurs were on the outside of the playoffs looking in, and we wondered, would they make the playoffs? You said they will. Did I? I don't remember. I think I you did. I are thought you, you were see, right.
1: Yes, because the Spurs I right. trust the Spurs. Right. And I think
0: that was the approach that you took. So, they get into the playoffs, they don't do make much damage, but I think the conversation we had then was, man, are we seeing a shift now that you, Kawhi Leonard was out of there? Yep. You know, there's a um, you know, it's just a different era it seems like. And the question I would ask for you is now RC Buford is stepping down in San Antonio after 15 years as GM. Um he's getting re, you know, like there's a reorg. Yes. You know, like they're it's moving guys yes. around. Yes. Yes. Um But do you think the Spurs, I mean, that's not even the dynasty, has been done. But is this Popovich era
1: winding down to a close? You're watching it happen. Um, You've watched Timmy retire um, recently. You know, Manu retired. Tony Parker (laughs) spent a year in Charlotte and then retired. I don't know why you do that. But, um, yeah, you're seeing it start to come to an end as they reshuffle the pieces. I don't know how much longer Pop has. I'd say probably at max. Two years. Right. I'd say three just to max it out. But uh, yes, you'll see it come to an end. Now that doesn't mean that they haven't groomed, um, people to, to take over and, and rebuild it, so to speak. Um, you know, that's one of the best parts of their organization is, is finding these players that are diamonds in the rough, um, and, and really developing them, right? So you've seen guys like Sean Marks, who is off the San Antonio tree. You know, he's in Brooklyn. Trajan Langdon's off the San Antonio tree. He's now with David Griffin in New Orleans. Coaches like Mike Budenholzer and, you know, uh, Joe Prunty and, and Mike, Mike Brown, all of these guys. Steve Kerr, they're all San Antonio disciples. So this era is over, but they have groomed the next era of guys. What you can't really, you know, ever Figure out is whether they'll hit in the draft like they did. They were hitting home runs in the draft, man. With the picks, you got David Robinson, right? Duncan. You wind up grabbing Manu like the last pick in the draft, and Tony Parker. Like you don't get to do that as a franchise often, you know. So even if they've got the succession plan in place and these guys are all brilliant, I don't know that it ever winds up looking like it did for for whatever time we watched it.
0: It does show the impact too that Kawhi Leonard forcing his out his way out had on this organization. Oh man, I wonder
1: yeah. if Pop like regrets.
0: Man, I should have, I should have retired when Tim Duncan did. Cause there was a lot of speculation that they would go out together and ride off right. to the sunset. You know, he's 70 years old now. I wonder if he, cause I feel like a guy like that would only stick around if he feels like he can be competitive. And if you're looking at the West and you're looking at your roster versus everybody else's and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if we can compete for championships. Yeah. I just wonder if there's a little bit of a part of him. Now, granted, he loves basketball. He probably loves what he does, sure. but I wonder if there's a part of him that wishes he had stayed around. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell, wrapping up the show here. Were you aware that Manny Pacquiao had a boxing match this weekend? I was, yeah. yeah, yeah. You were. You yeah, were aware. I, I was
1: people. not really aware. We had a lot of people. You didn't watch it. I day didn't day. watch it, but a lot of people saying on Saturday they had to get home and try to see Pacquiao fight.
0: So I thought he was kind of done. He was washed up. Uh He fights Keith Thurman. Okay. Who was unbeaten. A word? And beats him. So 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao becomes the oldest welterweight champion um, by that split decision a thrilling split decision in there Uh, there was a lot of controversy too because I guess the uh post fight interview the reporter didn't ask him about a rematch with Floyd Mayweather so like they were mad at her like she took a lot of heat for not asking about it I do think it was a question that you have to ask in that environment okay uh, and now everybody else speculate I know I don't want to see that again I don't want to see that again is that like I felt like that was a waste of money the last time I watched that and I stayed up late that's the know, thing boxing.
1: I'm look, so late they are too late I'm a Floyd dude like I'm always going to ride with Floyd but I don't want to see Floyd fight anymore.
0: No. Not just, I mean, or Manny.
1: Right. I don't want to see that. Like, right. It's Let's the see a new generation
0: out, right? develop. So that begs the question. He's 40. You
1: and I are a little bit older than that. I hey, Listen, th- he's out there boxing. I'm trying to get up 135 <laughs> five times in my garage right now. I'm with you. Like, you know I like, on That's that. ridiculous. I'm just trying to get rid of the you dad on. I mean?
0: Do you think there's any sport that you could compete at an elite level
1: now? Uh, no. How about a high level? Could you well? Big three, I would say, is pretty high level, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I could compete in that. I'm not. I. I but you could compete in it. Are you like right now, this second, or give me two months to I get in shape. I give you two months because yeah, I. Give can you play three it, months, even. I'll I can give play it in three months even. I can play in three months if I get my back tightened up. Like get my hip. Like if I see a chiropractor regularly, where my hip's not out all the time, I could compete in the big three.
0: So Steve Deberg had a start in the NFL when he was 46
1: oh. as a quarterback.
0: I still think if you gave me three months and I'd have to go to the chiropractor every day I'd yes. be doing core exercises. Yes. I could be serviceable. In the NFL? Like I could know I could I could distribute
1: the football. Yeah, it right. might not be pretty. See the problem with it, like you're still playing against twenty year olds in the NFL. <laughs> it's like the big three, I'm only playing against <laughs> guys that are thirty five years old.
0: That's a very good point. I'm trying to think of there any other sports. Um, like if I knew what I was I'd see, I still watch when I watch NASCAR, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, man, I could get it done. I still think oh. – because I'm a good driver. Like, not I, not I good smoke driver everybody out there. Oh, I got right, some right. maneuvers out there. Yeah. I think I've never been beaten in any kind of race somewhere. Right. I still think if you gave me a year to just show me how to do it, oh I could get out there and do it.
1: We've had I've <laughs> had this debate with my wife about soccer and, like, if we trained, me and my buddy trained or, like, you and I trained. Right. Oh, I could be a goalie tomorrow <laughs> in MLS.
0: Some of these goalies are so uncoordinated, and it's like sort of like the right fielder when you're growing up. Like they put the worst yeah, athlete in right field. There, yeah. I think that's what they do with goalies, and they never get anybody who's a good athlete in goal. Like they never do. Say that. They're always. Say it again. No, the I'm statement. telling. Make not on the world stage, yeah. but in MLS here in the U.S. Yeah, where no, they're, they're garbage. Are goalies. No, there aren't. I mean, seriously, they can't even catch a ball. Have to, they have to punch it. They do the punch-out thing. Just catch the it's ball. Purpose, it's right bro. there. I They're know it is but they can't that. catch. That's why they do
1: it. It's because they can't catch. That's why they punch <laughs> right. them out. No, uh, my answer to you is and nothing other than the big three could I do serviceably <laughs> right now. See, I think
0: you could be a goalie, too. You just don't want to admit it. You don't want to wake up the soccer mafia that's out there. Uh In NBA news, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers have claimed Giannis Antetokounmpo's brother – uh, Costas, yeah. All um, free agency wires, they're expected to sign him to a two way deal, according to Shams mm-hmm. of the Athletic. Um, I
1: I've, Buck signed his other brother. I think it's better. Thanassus. I think it's better for um, for uh, Costas. You do, yeah. I yeah. do. Uh, you get to go out, you make your own name. Like what? what what's uh? It's Thanasis, you said. Yeah. Man, like having your brother be the Greek freak or the MVP of the league with you on any other team is a shadow that like it's hard to get out from under. You're playing in the same building as him. Like it's hard to create your own identity and make your own way as an NBA player. Um, if you came in the league together, kind of like the the um, Lopez brothers did, and, and and stuff like that, you go your separate ways. You're making your identities together. That's one thing, but like you'll never get out of his shadow in in Milwaukee. Now, if you just want to be his little brother and always be tag along. That's fine but I actually think the Lakers situation if this kid ever gets to play there if he winds up being that good it's probably a better a better thing for his career than playing under Big Brother who's now the face of the end. it'd
0: be tough if you weren't even in the same stratosphere as the type of player right you know like if you're Eli Manning until so you like yeah you didn't have the you have more Super Bowls right you know, like you had that for a long time right uh you know so you can stand there and be like I'm you know I'm not I'm great but I've still made a lot of money right you know, that's when finances do get a little bit awkward. It's just it's a rough situation to be in if you're that little brother type situation. Totally. Um Jeopardy James, our guy, James it's Holzhauer, guy, not our guy. Made some news. He spoke with, he is my guy. Yeah, I, like I, I Say your guy, don't he say is my guy. Guy. uh he spoke with Peter King and had some interesting quotes. So he's been approached for some jobs for Major League Baseball. He's expressed an interest in getting into sports, using some of his analytical um knowledge to apply that to sports. He talked about the Browns and betting the Browns specifically. And he said, quote, If I had to pick a team or two to make it to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, the boring answer is the Patriots and the Rams. Everybody knows these guys are the best teams out there. But if you're looking to invest in a futures ticket, I would say that the big thing to avoid is look away from the teams that have all the hype surrounding them. I can't believe we live in a world where the Cleveland Browns are the most hyped team in the preseason, but I would say they're probably the single – worst bet to win the Super Bowl right now really Browns are at 16 to 1 odds the same as the Los Angeles Chargers uh in that position I kind of agree with what he's saying I think by saying it's a single worst bet makes it sound really bad but I don't think it's a smart bet to take the Browns at that value I think if they were 30 to 1 right. odds then maybe you take them but I think there is a lot of hype around the Browns, and they haven't done it yet. Brenton Baker's in his second year. You got Freddie Kitchens is you know, first year head coach. There's still a lot that has to play out, including how do all these big personalities fit on a team if there's
1: there's only one football, like we said on basketball. Yeah, there's only one football to go around. And basketball is one of those sports where even if everyone has to eat, there's opportunity for everyone to eat because yes. it's not always super scripted. The ball just kind of finds the open person. Football plays are called for people. Right. That's a difficult thing. So that, we all know that the Browns could it could be an implosion really early, right? Like if things don't go well in the first four games and with those personalities, yeah, it yeah. could be off the rails. I just, look, like, I think at some point the Browns do have value, whether it's 16, 30, like I don't bet like that. I don't, I, you know, I, this is a betting question for you. Futures. If I bet a future, I gotta wait until... Yes,
0: that's why I know I'm so like I ain't it. nobody bet. I've never bet a, a lot
1: of people do, cause you get some good value on yeah, it. Yeah,
0: your money's just sitting there all year. <laughs> that's, that's all year long. Alright, I gotta go start training for MLS. <laughs> start working on my goalie skills. <laughs>